Happy New Year, What Happy the Waters, and welcome to the first show, Ooh. the first What the What podcast of the 2020s. We have made it. It's a, yep. It's a whole other century. We had, no, no, decade. It's a century. Decade. Who knows what it decade. is. Decade. Um, we now have 2020 vision. You can make that joke all year long now. Um, and we are excited to bring to you the first show of this uh, decade in this year. Uh, I'm Eric, and that's Kyle. And uh, if you've never tuned in to us before, um, this is like our 26th or 27th episode. I mean, we started this in June, and we're uh, we're it inching closer and closer. Like by the time we get to June, we'll have done 50 episodes. And that's insane to think about. But we are a pop culture podcast. We kind of rely on nostalgia a little bit, but we like to talk about current stuff, too. Um, not today, though. Not today. <laughs> not today. Um, today's episode is all about the decade that preceded us. That's a, that's a nice little word for you word there, for preceded us. Um, we are going to be talking about our top five of the 2010s. And uh, I'm super excited about this episode. I got some fun th- facts about things that happened in 2010 that I can't wait to share with y'all. That's great. Um, you know, just a little filler. Um, so it, it ought to be an interesting conversation. I think um, so. I mean, the really like funny thing is I was thinking about our friendship. And we've, we've been friends since like high school and stuff. I mean, we had classes together. Um, but we weren't like super close friends sure. until like 2015. Um, I, I agree with so that. So there's a whole half a decade where I have no idea. What you were up to. I feel like I don't even have a clue about what I was up to for at least half a decade. I mean... I can't remember a lot of it anyway. I mean, there's just been so much that's gone on. I mean, 10 years, you don't really, like, think about it, but I was doing a little bit of research for it this afternoon, mm-hmm. and a lot has happened in for 10 sure. years. Um, so, uh, super excited for our topic today. Uh, for those of you who um, who have not subscribed to us, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, if there's another streaming podcast service that you want us to be on, let us know and we'll apply to be on that. And when you subscribe to us, please rate and review us. We accept five-star entries only. You can say whatever you want to us about us in the review, but, you know, five stars is preferable. Um, We are also on social media, uh, What the What Media on Facebook and Instagram, WTW underscore media on Twitter, and we're also on YouTube, although there's no videos yet, but there will be this year. We'll get there. That's we a, will that's get a there. goal. So we talked about creating a podcast for years, at least, at least a whole know, year, at, if at, not least, more. at least a decade worth. I mean, yes. I have been. I remember talking with Joe Davis back in 2013 about me and him doing a sports podcast, and I even like registered like a um, a Twitter account for it. The um, the um, Oh, what was it called? Um, it was like the E&J Sports Show. or No, the Eric and Joe Sports Show. That's a good name. I mean, it, it rhymes. You still, you've um, got some... some we have know, equipment now to do that. You've got oh. six months worth of this now, so you could you could go back and make that a thing. But now. the thing is, I'm not as interested in sports as I was in 2013. Well, so. Maybe you can go back and talk about nostalgic sports. Maybe. I, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, this is... Um, I'm just super excited about this episode. I, I see you looking something up on your phone. Are you just... Like doing some last minute research, or I was I was trying to do some math to figure out something? But okay. Yeah. Well, um, here are some quick history facts from 2010. Okay, so I was reading through this, didn't realize all this stuff uh, happened. Instagram was launched in 2010. I had no idea that Instagram was that old. Apple introduced the iPad that year. That's crazy. Um, 
In 2010, Internet Explorer was the most popular web browser. I remember those times. <laughs> Full of viruses, but I remember. Full of viruses. Um, Amazon announced that it was selling more Kindle books than hardcover books that year. Um, Starbucks and McDonald's began offering free Wi-Fi. Um, the most famous people in America were probably David Letterman and Jay Leno that wow. year. Um, let's see. Life expectancy that year was 76.2 years for men and 81.1 years for women. That Okay. Uh, Time Magazine's like per- time. person of the year was Mark Zuckerberg. Good luck with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints won the Super Bowl that year, and that was thought of to be like un- like impossible back in like 2004 when they mm-hmm. were awful. The most popular popular film was uh, Toy Story three, and then we just had Toy Story four come out last um, six That's months. That's crazy ago. that it's that far in a distance between each other. Um, Jacob and Isabella were the favorite baby names that year. Okay. Um, which, you know, I thought which was... Which means Twilight was out at some point around that I'm, time. I'm sure. Uh, Yankee Stadium was demolished that year. Like, okay. Like the old Yankee Stadium, and they've built the new one since. The crazy part is I started my job in 2010, and I remember trying to convince Michael Thompson, you know, to save up and buy, you know, a set of the seats from Yankee Stadium that they were tearing down. I think we found a set on eBay or something, but course they were like thousands of dollars for some chairs but and the most popular television show at that time was um american idol i remember those times <laughs> i mean this is seven years after it or six or seven years after it debuted too so it's still going pretty popular at that point mm-hmm. um tiger woods and his wife divorced that year and okay. that, that's just insane to think about that it has been that long yeah um because that was a huge uh, story and samsung introduced the galaxy s smartphone that year um, but we had already had iPhones at some sure. point, a couple of years. It wasn't what we have today. No. But uh, just thinking how, um, I mean, how long ago that was, and how like stuff that we use a lot, and you know, Instagram is something that we use here. Um, what the what media, by the yeah. way. Um, and that was introduced ten years ago, and that's just kind of insane to think about. Um, so those are just a few, um, like a few fun facts from just ten years ago to just kind of demonstrate. Like how new that stuff was, and how new it still kind of is. It feels it, but it, anyway. but it feels like we've had it forever. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, our, uh, we're doing a top five uh, for each of us today, mm-hmm. um, because the 2010s were like so huge. I thought about being like super, like on the point, and saying, "Okay, you take 2010 and 12 and 14, mm-hmm. and, and then I'll take the odd years." And like, no, 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 no. It would have been cool, but it would have been. It would kind of, kind of forced to do. Way too long. Absolutely. So, um, we're just doing our own top five. Um, mine are kind of like all encompassing, and I've got a personal one in there. I know you've got a personal mm-hmm. one or two in there. Um, so, Kyle, since yes. <laughs> you're letting me do a lot of talking, I'm going to let you go first. What was one of your things? One of your top five things from the 2010s. Well, this top thing from the 2010s is probably also, or for sure, also my top thing of my 32 years on this earth. Uh, I got married in 2012. November 29th, 2012, I got married to the wonderful Erica. Was Shingleton, uh, Whitley now. But um, we had been dating, we started dating in 2007. So it was like five years, almost going on six years by the time we got married. But uh, it's not technically got anything to do at all with, you know, pop culture per se or what, you know, cell phone I had at the time because I, I didn't get an iPhone till last year. I'm really behind on all that, but uh, it's cool to have now. 
but I was real behind on technology and stuff. I used to be on top of technology. It was one of those things that high school and stuff was coming around. I was like, I had an iPod. I had a cell phone. I had a laptop. These cool things you needed to have or whatever. At least going into college, I did. And, you know, I would keep up with that. But then I, I finally reached a point where I plateaued and it's like, like, just kept going. Like, for me, it was reversed. Like, I was so far behind on technology. Mm-hmm. And then I finally cut, like, one of the reasons I wanted the iPhones, like, because I finally want what everyone else has. Because sure. It, you know, it took me years to get a CD player, as we talked about yeah. in last week's episode. Um, but, yeah, so you got married. Yeah, I got married. Uh, and, honestly, it's, it's been a life-changing thing for me. We've, uh, over the teens from 2012 until now, 2019, we've had, you know, a lot of ups and downs, not necessarily in our marriage, per se, with us, but more so just... Just in life. Life, with jobs and other things that happen and just uh, just situations that have to come up and just growing in your marriage because marriage is different than just dating someone. There's a lot more to it than that. Uh, you go through a lot of struggles and a lot of great things as well. And I can definitely say I'm a lot better off for it now. Uh, I'm thankful to have a very supportive wife, an amazing gal, uh, a gorgeous gal. And I just can't say enough about her. So I, w- I won't keep talking cause I'm, I'm known to talk and I could say a lot about her, but, uh, yeah, it's something I'm just super thankful. I got married in the 2010s and 2012 at per se exactly. But, uh, just been something that's changed the rest of my life. And uh, it has some affected on some other of my favorite topics. But well, yeah. you know, it's funny. Like, I was going to save this one for last, but we're going right out of the gate with the personal stuff. So, yeah, right out of the gate. You know, so I'm going to go with my personal one on my list, too. Go I went, for it. I went to Africa, um, also in 2012, and then again in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I've never been married. So, I, I mean, I'm, you say it's life-changing, and I believe you 100%. I, I'm sure it's life-changing. So um, I'm not trying to belittle that whenever I say, Going to Africa was life-changing for me. That's um, so huge, though. I mean, being able to be with the people there mm-hmm. and having them accept you with open arms. You're an outsider. You're a stranger coming into their land, coming into their culture and their way of life. And instead of looking down on you, instead of kind of looking at you weird, they open their arms and say, you're, you're one of us. You, you're, you're our Swazi brother now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been uh, six and a half years since I've stepped foot on African soil. And but you want to go back? Though. I do want to go back, and that's the like, that's the thing. Like I keep thinking about that defined my decade. I mean, it literally changed the way I look at the world, um, and um, forever. Um, before that, I was entitled. I felt like I was God's gift to ministry. I thought I was, you know, I was going over there to save a bunch of people who never heard the word of Jesus. And um, I, th- I mean, I was basically just, um, I was so humbled on that first trip, um, halfway through it at least. Um, you know, I, I had such a big head about me. Um, and then I really appreciated it for what it was the second time around. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful I had that second opportunity to go. And it changes the way I look at people. It changes the way I look at um, living conditions, um, the way I treat people, the way um, I think about the world in general. Um, I really think if people had like open minds and stuff, like if everyone would take a trip like this, I know it would not change every per- person's heart. Sure. Um, but there's so many people who I feel like would be humbled the way I was humbled. And would um, just really appreciate what we have here. Mm-hmm. 
first of all, but then also do a little more to reach out to those who don't have as much as we do. Um, and I think that is one of the one of the biggest things I took away from that trip, um, from both trips. Um, that and the idea of just worship in general. Um, worshiping them was, is nothing like worshiping here in America. Um, it's so awesome there. And I can it, imagine. You know, not to say it's not awesome here, but man, just the, they don't have the lights, they don't have the slideshows, they don't have the air-conditioned buildings. Well, they don't have the, they don't, they have they don't the have electricity. A, a couch waiting on them to they go don't to have a couch waiting on them. They don't. I mean, there's not a buffet line to try to hurry and beat somebody. No, I mean, there's no cars in the parking lot because there's no parking lot. It's just unadulterated, just full on. Like, this is the most important thing at the time, and it's just great to experience. So, um, yeah, we'll get our personal ones out of the way. That was my top, my personal top of the decade. Uh, probably number one overall. I mean, I'm sure your sure. wedding was yeah. uh, number one overall for your 2010s. Um, maybe I can put that on my 2020s. Who knows? Yeah. I'd like to go back to Africa, too. So, um, but yeah. So, you get married in Africa. Um, we'll see, maybe. Um, what's your number two? Number two also happened on November 29, 2012. The same day I got married was the same day that the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series came out on Nickelodeon. Okay. Uh, Nickelodeon had bought the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember that and seeing that, like, following random, like, super old websites at the time of, like, Ninja Turtles and Mirage Studios. Uh, you know, there was a bunch of cool information on it. But all of a sudden, I remember I would check back that website every once in a while. I'd just try to, like, see what was going on. A lot of time it was just random artwork posted, but then I remember one day seeing an article that said Nickelodeon has bought Mirage Studios, and they intend to make a new show. And I was excited about this, but nervous that you never know what they're going to do. Uh, and I remember that this show kind of got different reviews at first. You know, not even by seeing it, but just by seeing the characters at first. And for what a lot of people were used to, a lot of these turtles had a little bit more of an anime look to them. Where I remember there was a giant ordeal where people complained. I say giant, but a lot of people complained that the turtles now had three toes instead of two. And they were having a, a fit because there was one extra little line drawn to make a third toe. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, they actually look pretty cool in an anime sense of the matter. Like, enjoy it for what it is. And so I remember that show coming out the same day I got married. And I was like, this is, this is meant to be. I'm a huge Ninja Turtles I mean, yeah, fan. How, how perfect is that? Like and uh, the series comes out the day I get married. So... I thought that was an amazing thing, but not even just because of that. To go on, and that series was just an amazing series. If you haven't watched that Ninja Turtle series, uh, it follows a lot of the IDW comic series, a lot of some of the original comic series as well. They do change some things to make their own. They create some new characters, some new things, but that series is an awesome TV series, but a lot of it's not just, I don't know, there's, there's some stuff that's just your typical laughs and gags and junk, but honestly, it's just a great, a great and amazing show. Uh, that I highly recommend if you got a way to go watch. I know at one point it was on Hulu, at least some of it was. Uh, but I definitely recommend that series. It's one of my favorite cartoon series, at least that I watched, you know, steadily out of the 2010s. But uh, it's a that's my top cartoon that I'll throw out there. That's, that's fantastic. And you know, I like how um, it's a seamless transition to my my number two. Um, I, I tend to put my stuff in categories. Okay. And one of my categories was technology. Okay. Okay. And I thought about the iPad, but, you know, I love my iPad, and I use it very often, every day, in fact. Mm -hmm. um, love my iPhone, but, you know, iPhone wasn't introduced in the 2010s. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I know the version I have was, but, mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to technology, I put streaming services 
in my top ten, and here's why. That's an amazing. Choice. I mean, it's and it's not just one or the other, or I mean, because there's so many now. But I remember back in the 2010s or so, Netflix would mail you DVDs. Yep. Okay, and I used to do that. Um, and then one day we got like instant watch on our, on a like an app on the. I had a Wii. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was an app on the Wii store mm-hmm. where I could instantly watch stuff on Netflix on the Wii, and there was like not a lot of selection there mm-hmm. um, because they still prefer they still thought of themselves the at the time. Stuff was the mail in was ones. the mail in stuff, and so, you know they they thought this was just a niche, whatever. But it grew mm-hmm. and it kept growing. Um, I remember the like three months before I moved out of my apartment in Wilson in 2011, they had added Psych. And um, they had added Burn Notice. And those were shows that I was watching currently mm-hmm. on USA. And I, they had the back seasons. It's like, you mean I don't have to get up and put a DVD in. I can just press this button on my Wii remote controller and watch an episode of Psych. Mm-hmm. That's game changing. Hulu had existed before then too, but you had to get on your laptop. And, you know, you could watch the episodes on yeah. your laptop. And the, I remember, you know, people running cables from their laptops to their televisions to, the television, to try yeah. to watch it on TV. And then, but that, and then that evolved. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, like, in 2014, the WWE Network. Yep. That, that started. I remember that and being a thing. Like, we were excited about that. Well, $10 you, a month, honestly. And you didn't have to buy pay-per-views anymore. No. I got to watch WrestleMania Live for the first time in over a decade. Mm-hmm. Because it aired um, live on the WWE Network for ten dollars that month. Plus, you got the first month free. So, mm-hmm. I I did not pay for WrestleMania um, in two thousand fourteen. Um, so that that's a streaming service. Uh, Amazon Prime started offering streaming um, things. YouTube started streaming stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, including like video game people who mm-hmm. or video game, uh, video game speedrunners who would stream their runs on Twitch mm-hmm. and then post them on YouTube. Uh, that's been huge. And then one that I briefly mentioned um, in the last episode, Spotify and Apple Music. For streaming sure. music. Not just television episodes and stuff, but there's music being streamed as well. And I, I think it's just, it's not so far-fetched for me to say that. The idea of streaming services um, for entertainment in general has been, if it's not the biggest game changer in the way it's people live, it's got to be in the top three or top five just in general of how people live because, I mean, how many people do you know who don't don't have a streaming service? I know my dad doesn't, but, like, mm-hmm. for the current generation, someone has at least Netflix. Someone has at least Hulu or Amazon Prime. Well, that even goes back to, like, my marriage. Like, 2012, when you're married and you're moving out on your own, having to figure out, well, which, which cable company do I go with? You know, because that's what you had growing up, or at least I did growing up. It's just what you did, you know. Mm-hmm. I was I was bold in thinking I probably don't need a house phone, you know, because we don't need that, you know. We have cell phones. But then I remember working with Justin Fawcett, and he was like, dude, you know, we don't have cable. We have this thing called a Roku. I was like, what is this, you know, Japanese robot thing that you have? And he's like, no, like, it's just this thing that you plug in, and it just lets you choose apps, and you can watch. I was like, well, how does, how does any of that work? You know, I didn't understand any of it, and he explained it to me where – I've never had cable like on my own. Like we've never had anything. We've had Netflix. We've had Hulu. We've had Prime. We have Disney Plus now. Yep, that's the that's know? the next big one. Disney yeah. Plus came out a month ago, and it's gigantic, and it's it's huge. And uh, like I dropped my cable when I got back from Africa in 2013. Part of my mm-hmm. need to appreciate what I have, and I don't really do this that much. But um, like now I'm paying for Hulu Live, yeah. which is basically like a cable service, but it's all kind of rolled in mm-hmm. to the streaming. Um, you know, packages or whatever. I don't even have Netflix anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's been a huge game changer. I use Spotify every single day. 
I use Apple Music every day. I mean, like, I use it at work for, for, mm-hmm. for teaching. I listen to it in the car. Um, I started making a playlist on Spotify today. I mean, mm-hmm. for something that, you know, like I got in my mind. I saw that Maroon 5's coming, you know, to the Raleigh area next September. I've been trying to win tickets all mm-hmm. week. It hadn't been successful. Let me put together a uh, Maroon 5-themed playlist. I mean, mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, so streaming in general has to be a top of the 2010s because of just how it's changed the way I look at entertainment in general. Mm-hmm. So that's my number two. Great segue here. My number three is my favorite album of the 2010s. All right, let's go for it. It is Thrice's uh, To Be Everywhere, or Thrice being the band, in case you didn't understand how I said that, but the album To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. It came out in 2016. Uh, it's an amazing album to me. Uh, my favorite is the featured song. The first one was Hurricane. Uh, I do enjoy that song. Yes. You've shared it so many times, I've listened to it. Finally listened yes. to it once or twice. But uh, the whole album in general is just an amazing album that flows, and I remember it being the vinyl song, the final song of the album, literally flows right back into the beginning of Hurricane and it starts the album all over again. Uh, it's just one of those albums that was the first time in a while that I had you know, gotten an album and listened to the full thing front to back over and over. You know, And I would do that with music in general some, you know, and you would buy it, but there was that time in our lives where, you know, you would just download music, you know, and, you know, probably illegally for the most of us, and you would just burn CDs. So you would hit, you know, you'd probably mostly grab the popular songs or certain songs, you probably most of the time didn't download the full album. Now, I did have some of those, but, you know, I finally reached that point in my life again, though, where I was, like, listening to full albums again. Um, and I just remember a time in my life where I was at, this album was just a huge impact for me. Uh, I literally listened to it today, and it's not just because it was on my list, uh, but it was just one of those albums that, you know, it stays in my rotation. But same way, you're talking about Maroon 5. Like, they're coming in uh, February, uh, Thrice's. And it's got me excited listening to them again and hoping that, you know, I need to buy tickets for that. Uh, and I'm excited for that. And for me, sure, there's been a lot of other great albums. Thrice probably didn't make any of the top lists that, you know, what the, the world would consider is popular about it. But it's a great album. I totally recommend it for anybody. But And I'm sure, like, there's been amazing albums put out in the 10-year span we're talking about. But for me, that's just the one that stands out so much that I always go back to and can listen, not you know, all the way through again every time. So... I really enjoy hearing you talk about, you know, the way music kind of shaped your life. Um, Cause you know, I feel a similar bond mm-hmm. in just how, um, you know, this, what I do is when I listen to music, um, you know, I hear like, I guess the story being told and I, mm-hmm. I put myself in the shoes of whoever's telling the story. Sure. And sometimes I feel like a song is written specifically for me mm-hmm. and I know, I know it's not, but in that moment I feel like it's been sent so I can listen to it. And it's, mm-hmm. It's really cool to hear you talk about stuff like that. So, um, you mentioned a great segue. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's a great segue. Um, my number three entry is a music entry. And uh, see, I was thinking you were going to say your 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 entry was segways. No, no. <laughs> like we're, I don't think they were popular in the 2010s. I know they were popular in the first decade of the of the century, but um, who knows? But uh, no, um, my uh, musical entry, and I I kind of debated on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a, just a little fun fact. I love Taylor Swift. Um, I think, wrong with that. I think she's a fantastic artist. I mean, and her music's not necessarily my favorite kind of music, but I love um, just listening to her uh, to play and, and perform. Um, I've never been to one of her concerts, but I watched um, the uh, NPR does something called Tiny Desk yeah, Concerts. those are awesome. Those are fantastic. And she was on it a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I haven't and, seen that one. And it was, it's just fantastic. It was four songs, and just to hear the stories behind the way she wrote her songs and um, – 
you know, it was really cool. And thought about making her my my top, you know, whatever. But I've never been to any of any of her concerts, okay. you know. Um, and it wouldn't be true to the fact of who my favorite artist of the decade was, um, which was Need to Breathe. I was about to say, it's got to be Need to Breathe. <laughs> it's Need to Breathe. I remember in 2010, I bought the, uh, the Outsiders album um, uh, when I was at school. Mm-hmm. They had this song called Something Beautiful. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever heard of it. I think I've, <laughs> I've heard it a time or two. Um, maybe we've played it a couple of times. Is that that song? Oh. That song, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I just bought the whole album because the album was nine ninety nine on iTunes. I was like, you know what, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember just kind of really enjoying the album, but I kind of fell away from them for a couple mm-hmm. of years. And then back in like 2012, 2013, I started, um, just, I kind of happened to go along, uh, YouTube and find one of their live shows or like a live version of something they did. And I just got sucked into a rabbit hole and I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I saw them five times in concert in the 2010s. That's awesome. I, me and Sean McGovern drove to Virginia to watch them at Liberty um, in 2015 on December 30th. The next day, we got up, traveled three hours across the state of Virginia, did a, an escape room, which really should have made my top uh, five list. But, yeah, it should have. Um, honorable mention. We'll get to that in a second, I guess. Um, did an escape room in Richmond and then drove back from Matt Clark's uh, New Year's Eve party um, but that was the first time I ever saw them live, and I was hooked instantly. Sure. Uh, they came to Raleigh a couple of years later um, at Red Hat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were at we were that there. show. Yeah. We were at that show together. Show. That was my Fa- first time seeing them. Yeah, and they, they were fantastic. Um, I saw them again in Richmond um, in 2017. Uh, in 2018, me, uh, Sean, Tyler, and Christopher drove to Ohio <laughs> to watch them in Switchfoot, mm-hmm. and I saw them again at Red Hat one year. And um, so five times in total, and their music style, um, it's kind of like they, I first heard them on Christian radio, Mm -hmm. because Something Beautiful is kind of a worshipful song. They have some worshipful songs, Multiplied being one of my Mm -hmm. favorite among them, Um, but I guess they're best described as like Southern Rock, Mm -hmm. who have Christian band members. Sure. And uh, just listening to the way their sound evolved over the years, where you had kind of the banjo on every album, Mm -hmm. to then they uh, come out with the Hard Love album, which is kind of more of a, uh, how would you describe that? Kind of like electro. More electronic. um, You know, they kind of experimented with that, and then they put out some just regular, just kind of releases, not really an album release, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where they're just experimenting with their sound and stuff. And it it was just really awesome to hear. Need to Breathe kind of inspired me as a musician. Um, we've done, I'm sure, at least ten of their Tons. songs over their over the past four years, um, and I just I love listening to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, they're the one uh, group that I will travel, you know, multiple hours to go see. I, I used to not understand the idea of sure. why would you drive that far to listen to a band when you can hear them on the radio, mm-hmm. and then, well, I did that a year and a half ago, yeah. <laughs> drove all the way to Ohio just to see them in concert. Um, and I don't regret a single bit of it. So Need to Brief shaped me uh, in the 2010s. I hope they will continue to do so in the 2020s. So. Well, that brings up a good point, too, though. Where I, I'm hoping more for my tw- my 2020s is to go to more shows again, to go to more concerts, to do more things. I really enjoy going to concerts. Now, I, I found out last – I hate to step on your point, but I found no, out last good. summer we went to the Anne Berlin concert, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed their show. But I'm getting kind of old now, and I did not like standing mm. for two straight hours. But I enjoyed their show. But I'm like, you know, um, one of the need to brief shows was standing room only too. Mm. But I really like the shows with their seats. What's well, one of those things though that 
if we would have done an episode from 2000 to 2009, I could, I'd probably have more concerts than anything like to tell you about. But I, you know, the past 10 years I've done some, but I haven't done as many because I feel like there is that point where you're a little bit older and you're like, Oh, I don't want to go stand or I don't want really, I've heard them afford or I really want to go to get up early the next morning. That's the big <laughs> thing. Like you come to the town on a Tuesday night where I've got to drive three hours to see you. Like, and I have to work early the next morning, you know, you know, adulting, I guess. But uh, back to that, like, I'm really hoping and I'm starting that out hopefully in February. And it's almost a little bit of a sad note for me. But on that same Thrice tour, the band Me Without You is playing, and it's their final tour. Uh, it's the final time Me Without You is going to be playing. I remember them shaping my life a lot within just music, music styles, and just songs in general. But that's going to be their final time. Uh, and I've seen them multiple times, but for me, I'm, I'm excited to see it, but I'm also sad to see that time come. Uh, but anyway, I'm hoping that's a start for a lot for me, for I start going back to a lot more shows and getting out there and doing more things again. Um, that's really cool. I was I, honestly like, you're talking about traveling. Yes. Remember? I really want to travel. I know you just traveled to Florida. I did not travel anywhere this past year, and I really want to travel. That's the first time I've traveled in a while, to be fair, but you're talking about going to Ohio to see Need to Breathe. Yes. I almost was about to buy tickets to go to Alabama in 2020. Uh, one of my favorite bands from early 2000s is the band Beloved from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. They only put out like technically one major album. Technically, they put out a couple, but they put it out and then they stopped being a band. And <laughs> they went and did adult things and did other things. They played in other bands. But uh, they recently, in the past, within the last month, announced that they're doing a reunion show playing at Furnace Fest in Alabama. And I was like, I want to go to Alabama because I never got a chance to see Beloved when they played. Uh, I was in high school. I remember Will Howard and my cousin Lewis and a bunch of them all went. Uh, I want to say went to Salem, Greensboro area, somewhere in there and went and saw their final show. And it was a big ordeal. And they came back and talked and talked and talked about how amazing it was. And I never had that experience. So I was hoping to do that. But thankfully, they've also said that in addition that they're at least going to do one local show since, you know, they're from North Carolina. That's and most cool. of them still here. Uh, they're more in the Chapel Hill area, but. Uh, it's a lot closer than Alabama. But anyway, moving forward to my next one. Yes, uh, this is your number four, I believe. Number four. Growing up as a kid, I I got into comic books as far as reading them some, but I never, I wasn't a steady reader. I watched more of, you know, X-Men animated series, Batman animated series, Spider-Man animated series, all these animated series that honestly a lot of it were taken from comics. So I had a general good idea about who these characters were. And I did read some comics, but I didn't ever get into it fully. And I remember once we got married, you know, there's a time around in there that I was like, you know what, I'd really like to maybe start reading comics, you know, and start doing something. And I remember the first trade I went to the store and picked up because I didn't know what in the world. I want to say I ordered it offline, and I probably bought it from, like, Amazon or Barnes & Noble because I didn't know a local comic book store to go to. I didn't know how that worked. And so I bought a uh, volume of Scott Snyder's – not Scott Snyder. Uh, is it? Wait. I'm not sure. To be Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm really um, thankful. I thought you were going to steal my next entry, so you're not stepping on my toes. Although I have, a, I guess, a good segue. Um, but Kyle's looking it up. Yeah, because I feel really bad for – yeah, Scott Snyder. I don't know. Who's the dude that did the movies? Um, Zack Snyder? Zack Snyder. I was yeah. like, I'm going to feel so stupid talking about Scott Snyder for the next however long. Well, you and know, talking you, about the wrong one. Well, you said Scott Steiner there, so you take your, you take your twenty three percent or your thirty three percent, but then you take my sixty six percent and you put it in half, and then that means I got a hundred forty one percent and a half chance of beating you, pal. 
If and you've ever we, seen the Scott Steiner math, look at type in Scott Steiner math on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Even if you know nothing about wrestling, uh, I have no idea if he uses any bad language there, but it's just funny to see his rationale for uh, how he's going to... Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was looking it up. Scott Snyder, not Steiner, not Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder, Snyder. Uh, DC Comics came out with something called The New 52, and they started where they kind of yes. did a big reboot. So if people, if you didn't know comics, could kind of jump on. Uh, and just kind of a whole reboot to their whole system. But uh, this Batman series started in 2011. I want to say I started picking it up in 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. I'd always loved Nightwing from the animated series and from the comics. So at the same time, I picked up Kyle Higgins' uh, Nightwing Volume 1 and then the Scott Snyder Volume 1 of Batman. And I was hooked. I started reading it, and you know I was done with it within a night. And so I had to buy the second volume. And started doing that, and next thing you know, I found like a local comic book shop. So I went there and started realizing, oh, I can buy my weekly issues or my monthly issues, and started doing that. And it's grown. Well, honestly, I probably need to cut back on some, just to be fair, because I'm probably paying too much money on comic books right now. But uh, it's something that's changed my life, though, where I really just, instead of so much time on television, it's just enjoyable to sit down with a cup of coffee and just read a comic book. And you know, a lot of people look at that, you know, especially as a younger or an older generation that think of those as just, you know, kids' things, you know. But thankfully, in the world we live in now, it's obviously not. You know, you've got, you know, every weekend or, you know, any time you have some sort of movie, you've probably at least got one superhero movie coming out in the same month or something along those lines, at least TV shows, everything else. You have Comic-Cons that are gigantic now compared to, you know, church basements and other places that they started in. Um, but that made a big difference to me. You know, my wife, Erica, got into comics some too as well. We've gone to Comic-Cons. We've met... A lot of famous, you know, authors, writers, you know, artists, uh, so many people. In the same way, the IDW Ninja Turtles, you know, book is insane. Like, it's a great series. And the same way, if it wasn't for comics, I wouldn't have gotten into it. And all these are current, you know, series, or at least series that started in 2010s. Now, it's not characters that were created in 2010s, but these storylines and these, uh, these story arcs were created in this time series. And so... Ninja Turtles, for instance, IDW literally, I think it was this past week, released issue 100 of Ninja Turtles. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I haven't been to Rocky Mountain to pick up my books yet. I need to do that hopefully soon. But uh, just something that's really just been something for me where it's always been a cool thing growing up, an idea growing up. And I had some random comics that were passed down, but I didn't ever have a whole full series where I started really reading and getting involved. So that's definitely my number four, uh, something I'm very thankful for. Comics weren't created in 2010s, but these storylines were, and it, it changed my life. So. That's really cool. And uh, so the segue from from this about comic mm-hmm. books, um, for me, my number four is the MCU. This is we're doing this great. We didn't <laughs> even talk, we didn't even other, talk right? about this. Um, so um, I did not watch the first Iron Man, which came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch Iron Man two. Did not watch Thor. Did not watch Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2011, I watched uh, Captain America. Um, the first Avenger. Yes, it was on like a Tuesday, like afternoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, because like it was in the summertime. Um, I watched it with a buddy of mine from college uh, who was in town, and I always had a soft spot for Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about um, the cartoons we grew up on, X Men, uh, Spider Man, Batman. You know, Captain America was on the Spider Man animated series. Um, I was also familiar with him through like video games. Sure. Um, uh, Capcom versus Marvel. I feel like he was um, always a character you knew about, but you didn't know nearly as you much. You didn't really about. know much. I had about an him. action figure and I loved him, but I didn't know. Like he was a not like he was not like the prominent you know superhero. Mm-hmm. But you know he had the cool shield and he was patriotic. You know USA, USA. Yeah. Of and course. if you read comics, sure you knew yeah. all about him. But yeah, this, but 
that that wasn't the world a lot of us lived in. Yeah. At that point. So um, I went and watched Captain America, and I was I was sold. I mean, it was mm-hmm. kind of a throwback story to yep. the '40s, and I kind of enjoyed that that part of it. Um, you know, up until that point, like the Dark Knight was like my high for superhero sure. movies, and it still is. And, and it's very um, well you know, deserving. But um, but I wasn't really big in superhero movies. I had no like. N- no inkling to ever see Iron Man or mm-hmm. Iron Man 2. No, who was Thor? Didn't know who he mm-hmm. was. And the Hulk movie that came out in 03 kind of ruined me on Hulk for a long, long that. time. So I um, watched Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, and then I went to go see the Avengers. You know, because, hey, big team-up movie. That looks pretty sure. exciting. And I well, like, just fell in love with it a sure. little bit. But not, like, super in love with it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, I loved it, but, you know, it's like, well, I'm still not, like, super dedicated to it. I didn't see Iron Man 3 in theaters. Didn't see Thor the Dark World in theaters. But then the next Captain America came out, Mm -hmm. um, The Winter Soldier. I Mm -hmm. believe it came out in 2014, in uh, May of 2014. Saw that on opening night. And then, like, I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time, too, and just mind blown with with the collision there uh, of that storyline. And I knew I had been, like, just fully sucked in. Mm-hmm. On August first, two thousand fourteen, because I know the date off the top of my head. That's great. That was the day the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, and I went to see it on opening day, without knowing a single thing about the Guardians of the so Galaxy. There's a tree and a raccoon. That didn't even I I didn't even know that. Didn't know anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy. All I knew it was in the MCU, mm-hmm. and just watching the, those two Captain America movies. At that point, I think I had seen the Iron Man, um, a couple of the Iron Man movies at this point, mm-hmm. um, and watching the Avengers. I was like, I've got to see what they do next. Sure. And from that point forward, I was kind of sucked in. Um, you know, that led to Avengers Age of Ultron. That led to uh, Ant-Man. And I remember watching uh, Captain America Civil War in Wilson with Kyle Daltrey. And I remember telling him on the way home, I was like, you know, that was really, really good. I'm not sure where they go from here. I probably won't see Doctor Strange because um, I think that was the next one that was supposed to come mm-hmm. out in 2016. I'm like, I'm probably going to lay off of it a little bit. No, I saw Doctor oh. Strange. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, um, my dad got in a motorcycle wreck two days before we were supposed to go see Thor Ragnarok, and I came in midway through that movie because I was waiting for someone to come I hang that. out with my dad and watched half of the movie with you guys because I was just so enthralled. Um, and then you had Infinity War. Then you had um, Captain Marvel. Black Panther was, oh my goodness. Um, Spider-Man being incorporated to the MCU. Endgame uh, this past um this past year. Um, I think I spent more money on Marvel at the movie theaters than I have any other franchise. And I can um, understand that, so th- they are definitely, when I talk about the things that I was super involved in, in the 2010s, um, it's the MCU. I mean, all apologies to DC, all apologies to, um, you know, whomever, it, you know, Marvel and the stories they told through this 23 film arc, that I got invested in starting in 2011, um, you know, I circle dates on my calendar now based on when these movies come out, and I don't see any signs of it stopping. What's well, one of the things that they've sold you on it though? Because I mean, it sold me as well. It's not yeah, just that's you, the thing. Like, it sold me. I mean, like I had no intention of getting on this roller coaster ride, but then it was it was Captain America that brought me in. Well, the same way you talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I didn't expect to go in there and really care, but I was like, I've seen the rest, so I might as well see this one. And then you're like, okay, you've sold me on this. The same way, some of my favorite characters are from that now. And then you move forward. Like, I walked out of the theater and bought the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, I literally got on iTunes outside of the Smithfield Theater and bought the soundtrack as soon as I walked out. And that's the crazy part, because it's not a musical. Like, it's not, you know, the greatest showman where you're like, it's an amazing soundtrack. They just had great music. And I mean... And 
I don't know, just something like that. The same way that a lot of the newer movies that they're going to be coming out in the next wave, I know something about some of the characters. I don't know all of it, but I trust it. Like I trust. That's the thing. They've got like, I have on no it. idea who the Eternals are, mm-hmm. and really don't like not super excited to see it. But I'll be there. Yeah, because they. Sold I, me. I promise I'll be excited they, when I leave. They, like, they have not let me down yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had some movies that have been better than others. Sure, but I've never been disappointed to go into a film. Yeah, and so MCU, my number four. Um, probably will be in my top five when we do this episode 10 years from now for the 2020s. And I hope it is. Though. I hope it I is. Hope it's, I hope it's not something that just gets stale and then we just all hate, or not even say hate, just don't care about it anymore. Hopefully they continue to grow with it where it becomes and just continues to grow where we can't turn it down. Yeah. Where it just works out even as well. It's not just same old stories that get boring. Like It just gets new and creative. So I'm hopeful for that. All right, so what's your number five, buddy? My number five goes back to a little bit of a personal one. But it leads into a lot of things that have worked for me to be who I am now, but also on the nostalgic side and the pop culture side of 2010s. Uh, I was in a band called Bird in the Hand. Not Bird in the Hand, but Bird in the Hand. It's worth more than two in the bush. Yes, but uh, it's B-U-R-D-E-N space T-H-E space hand. Uh, I was with those guys at a time in my life that I was very vulnerable. It was the time I was growing uh, I'd grown up in church believing what I believe just because that's what somebody taught you or, you know, said from a pulpit, you know, or whatever. But, and I had some of my ideas of my own, you know, I'd grown some, but it wasn't until I started playing with these guys where there was moments where, why do you, why do you do that? Or why do you believe that? Or why, and not in a way of judging me and pushing me aside, but more of in a, well, no, like understand why you believe what you believe. Like, and they all were Christian dudes and they believe what they believe, you know, but they were pushing me to, take hold of my beliefs. Like if you're going to believe something, have a reason for why you believe it and not just be, well, this is what I was told. This is what I grew up with, you know, and be willing to call things out when stuff doesn't really hold up for what it is. Um, you know, there's Justin and our bass player is always in one that he would be one that could have a conversation with anyone. And for some people it gets very uncomfortable, but the fun part is he never gets loud. He's always the very calm. He's like, well, but also have you thought of, and it's the part of he just loves having discussions with people. It's not a, it's not an arguing thing. And for me, that taught me a lot of you're, it's always good to be able to talk with people and have discussions. And discussions don't mean negative things. They don't have to have negative connotations with it. Uh, but it can just be a, a really great experience. But for me, being in a band with those dudes, it put me in a point in my life to play music, create music um, that I hadn't done in a while. I'd, I'd gotten out of music. And then once my dad had his stroke and we were have seen some recovery in 2008, 2009, I started playing some music again, but it just wasn't the same anymore. Uh, for me, the venues had changed. People, you know, just I'd grown. Things were different. And so I'd stop playing music until these guys, we came together as a band and started playing together. Uh, and I, I went through a lot of experiences during that. Uh, John, you know, turned 30 during that time period. And I remember it being a crucial point where it was like 30 is a big number. And growing up as a kid, you think 30 is a gigantic, you know, you're old. And I got to see how he handled that, where, you know, he had some breakdowns, but for the most part, he handled it awesome, where at age 30, he was starting his own recording studio and starting things that, you know, starting new goals and new ideas and not letting an age stop him. And that that's held strong for me, you know, as I continue forward in my life is it doesn't matter what age I am. You know, you're not too old to start something and try something and do something. Uh, But it ties back in, though, because I remember, like I said, I got married in 2012. Uh, in 2012, we also put out an EP. It's on Burden the Hand's uh, Bandcamp. So if you just type in Burden the Hand Bandcamp, it comes up. It's a five-song EP. It's free. If you want to go listen to it now, all these years later, 
uh, just go to it, click uh, buy it, and then put cost as zero. We always gave it away, so it's not some cheat code now. But to bring it all back to television, to things like that, I remember I had Netflix, but I'd show it to practice, and every time it'd be like, did you see Walking Dead last night? Did you see The Walking Dead? And I'm like, is that that zombie show? You know, like, oh, dude, you're not watching The Walking Dead? Like, next thing I go start watching Walking Dead. And I, you know, I watch it nonstop. Erica watches it. We love it. We're hooked on it forever, you know. And honestly, the same way that I'm, I'm afraid that the MCU someday may burn out. You know, I got a little burned out on The Walking Dead, and I hadn't seen the past few seasons. But something even more so than that was The Office. Now, I get it. The Office wasn't created in the teens, but it did have its finale. The series ended in the teens. And I remember that being a big thing for me because I didn't grow up in a house where I really watched shows weekly other than maybe cartoons, you know, stuff like that. I never got into sitcoms, other, you know, I say sitcoms, 90s and stuff, but I didn't catch on to things like The Office. I, you know, there's that gap where I just didn't watch a lot of TV. And then here I am married and we have Netflix and stuff, but I don't know what to choose. But uh, obviously you can tell, you know, by my stronghold on The Office versus Psych, you know, we've talked about. I love The Office, but I would have never known about The Office if it wasn't for this. I wouldn't have the random inside jokes that we would say to each other or lines that you say, you know, daily probably in your life, you know, wouldn't happen if it wasn't for The Office for me or different things like that. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, all back to that. That's, it's a favorite personal side for me for something that I was a part of. But also it's led into even when that finished, I didn't think music was going to happen anymore. And then here we are again playing music with each other, even here, you and I and Ricky and Rebecca and Tim and Matt and Laura, and just what we're doing, and it's fun, because same way, that took its time, and we didn't know if it was going to do anything, and here we are at the end of the year, played two shows already, and got one booked for the coming month for in February, and I don't know, if anything, sure, maybe it doesn't stand for something pop culture that has happened in the 2010s, but for me, to be 32 years old, playing music still, is a big thing for me, uh, because I remember being in my teens and my early 20s playing shows and being going all weekend playing shows and, you know, going off all the time and thinking, you know, I better do something by the time I turn 30 because 30, you know, you're too old. You start retiring from music at that point, you know, unless you've made it. Uh, and I don't even say made it, you know, whatever. But right. I never expected a 32 to still be getting together with friends and actually doing something that I enjoy and that I love uh, and that I've been blessed with the ability to do. And, if, if you know, just the life lessons I've learned in every band I've been a part of the same way with that band, with the group I'm with, with you guys. Uh, I think more than anything, it just stands out as don't be afraid no matter what your age is, 2020 is coming. Don't be afraid to jump in and try new things and try some old things that you gave up or you hung up for a while. You know, Pick it back up off the shelf, see what you got, yeah, what's happening. Well, the, the really cool thing with that, with that is uh, even more so, I'm more excited or just or even more excited to – be a part of me, you, and Ricky being able to pass along mm -hmm. that to another generation now. Most too. definitely. So, because um, we help, we're, I guess, mentoring. We're not in charge of it, but. Um, we, we make sure we, we're not so much in charge as. Just kind of, just help, kind of help, there to hang help, out. Helpful guides, yeah. I guess. For, for, uh, our youth for, band. for our youth band at church. And um, so that's really cool. And it's really cool to hear you talk about Bird in the Hand that way and yeah. how it's, you know, been a. You know, I guess a uh, ignition uh, point for a lot of things in your life sure. in the 2010s. So how about you? What well, you got? There's no segue here. <laughs> no. But that's okay. Um, I kind of did up my list out of order. But this one is very culturally relevant to Good. this week. Finish it off. Um, and um, everything that's been going on uh, in the entertainment world for the past couple of weeks. Um, a long time ago, in a galaxy 
far, far away. Yes. Bam! I see the word scrolling in my Star mind Wars. right now. All right, now, I wasn't alive in 1977 or 1980 or 1983. We should, um, we should have brought Ricky back in for this one yeah, segment. For this one hey, segment. Ricky, you remember that time Star Wars <laughs> came out? Yeah, it was pretty good. Cool, thanks. Go back but, in there. But they re-released them in theaters in the 90s mm-hmm. uh, as a lead-up to episode one being released in 1999, which yep. I'm hoping we'll get to talk about. Uh, maybe I'm soon, totally down for that. Maybe as soon as next week. I don't know, because we don't have our topics for uh, the new year um, put together yet, so we're going to talk about that at some point in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, before we come back in and record again. But um, episode one was huge. I didn't watch episode two in theaters. Um, you know, that was your... Weird. It, it was in 2002, so I was like 15, 16. It's like, eh, it's that weird really age. Of, are you cool or but not cool? In 2005, episode three came out, and I went to the midnight showing of mm-hmm. that, which is the first time I ever went to a midnight showing. I had just finished my college exams mm-hmm. and asked my brother, "You like, hey, um, if I take you to this movie night, will you still get up and go to school the next day?" Yeah. <laughs> um, so me and him went to go see that uh, in Smithfield in 2005. And this is when the Smithfield theaters were just built. Yeah, like, for sure. The year new. prior, it was brand new. Um, and that was just kind of a revelation for me. I saw uh, friends of ours. Glenn was one of them. Yeah. Um, Glenn Evans uh, battling in the uh, in the lobby with uh, lightsabers. That and, is awesome. I mean, it's really funny to see um, and to think about. Um, I bring all that up because, um, like, I just loved Star Wars growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, my uncle was a big Star Wars fan when he was growing up, and he had some toys that I got passed down to me. And um, loved the idea of laser swords and space and Same. all that. I mean, just yeah. it was fantastic. And then, I believe it was in 2014, or maybe even 13, mm-hmm. a trailer was released. Um, Disney had bought Lucasfilm, and they were going to release Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. And that was gigantic. And it was huge, because <laughs> we thought this was a dead franchise. Sure. I mean, now, when I say dead franchise, they had some TV shows going sure. on, the Clone Wars, Rebel books, Series. Books, comics. There's books, stuff comments. I mean, there was stuff happening, but in terms of where it all started in the movies, it was a dead franchise. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we're going to see our old favorites again. We're going to see Han and Chewie. We're going to mm-hmm. see Luke and Leia. Um, we haven't seen Lando yet. We'll see him mm-hmm. um, in the next one. But uh, but that came out. And then they released one that wasn't even part of the main. It was kind of an anthology yeah. thing called Rogue One. And it's like, well, why would I want to see that? Because I know what happens. But no, it was awesome. Yeah. It was fantastic. I haven't seen Solo yet. I'm going to. Um, and then The Last Jedi came out. And mm-hmm. I know it got a lot of criticism. Jet, uh, Star Wars fanboys, like the ones who like take it super, super seriously, mm-hmm. they're the worst. Um, you know, but I really enjoyed this film because it went in a different direction than what I thought it was going, but it really impressed me. It was in my top uh, 10 of 2017 films mm-hmm. or you know, whenever it came out. Um, but I just I loved it. And then this Friday, mm-hmm. or this Thursday actually, Star Wars uh, Episode Nine: The Rise of uh, Skywalker is coming out. Um, you have a Christmas party Friday. I can't go Friday. I really want to go Saturday. I don't know who's going with me. I'm going to try to convince you and Ricky or whoever to go with me Saturday, but I really want to go see it Saturday um, because I'm just a huge Star Wars guy, and I, I don't want to wait to watch this movie. Um, well, so we've got Mandalorian now. On that's Disney the Plus. other thing. Yeah, yeah, Mandalorian has kind of amped up my interest. 100%. New episode drops tomorrow instead of Friday, mm-hmm. by the way, because um, um, they don't want to, like, I guess have up ticket sales. Yeah, ticket sales for um for the Rise of Skywalker. But um and just in terms of franchises that I love, um, you know, there's a lot of things out, out there, but Star Wars, um, you know, as a kid, the same way the MCU just kind of brings me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Star Wars so much so in that 
Um, there wasn't cartoons growing up. You just had the three movies. And then you had mm-hmm. an, another movie and another movie. But as a kid, you just had the three. Mm-hmm. And, but just those three spawned an imagination for me. And the idea of, like, I, I kept, like, you know, we talked about in one of our early episodes playing with toys and mm-hmm. having different franchises of toys uh, interact. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having, like, a Luke Skywalker action figure, and I would take the lightsaber and give it to my Red Power Ranger. Sure. And I'm like, he needs that. Because, like, okay, you're, he needs to, you know, he, the Power Ranger, he is a, a Zord. He can use the Zord to climb up on this mountain mm-hmm. and then jump off the Zord with the lightsaber. I know you have the Force look, but he is a Zord. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, in 1999, um, I bought the Mace Windu action figure because he had a purple lightsaber. Yes. Um, like there's just so much uh, Star Wars history there. And then for it to come back in the 2010s, it's top of my, I mean, it's in the top five of my 2010s for sure because of just my fandom in general. It's funny you say that because like I just did get back from Disney World a couple of weeks ago. I was excited about Star Wars Land because the same way. I grew up loving, I like Star Wars. I won't even say necessarily I loved it. I had stages where I loved it like you did. They came back out with the new movies that I, you know, I really liked because it was a fresh moment for me to watch them. I loved the idea of a lightsaber. I just thought it was an amazing option or, a, you know, just a thing in general. I walked in to the Star Wars Land at Hollywood Studios and I was blown away to the point that I was disappointed in myself that I didn't know more about Star Wars. I've always been a person like I know Star Wars and I know like characters and I know most storylines. Like I know movie wise, I know Star Wars. I don't know all the extra, you know, side stuff. But I walked around that place blown away, watching other people, you know, fully dressed up in their costumes. Same way I would probably be with a Batman land, you know. But to watch this and go around, to ride the rides, to turn a corner and the Millennium Falcon being sitting there. Almost brings tears to your that, eyes. That's a mark out moment. I know mark out's like a term they use in wrestling yes. where like the fans just go wild. But if I were to, I mean, I know you just, if I'm I was excited. to walk around and see the Millennium Falcon, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You like, say, like, you talking about Star Wars, like, Eric needs to go to Star Wars. Like, I mean, I need to, not even Disney, Eric just needs to go to Star Wars. Like, the fact of getting on a ride and driving the Millennium Falcon. Where you're in a cockpit. I wish you could like. I wish we had a, like a camera on us for like yeah. stuff like this. So if when we release YouTube, maybe we'll do that in the new yeah. year where we'll just film our sessions. Mm-hmm. But if you could see me right now, like I'm shaking with just anticipation, and I'm I'm not even there. I'm just thinking about his description of this. Well, let me tell you this: spoilers right here. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Rise of the Resistance, the new ride at Disney, the new Star Wars ride that literally came out as we're recording this two weeks ago, but early in December. I got to, technically the park was supposed to open at 8. I got there at 6.30 to get in line to ride this ride. Or at least to get in the queue to be able to ride it at some point in the day. I will just say I was blown away whenever I got on the ride. At first I was kind of like, really this is it? But that was the first stage of the ride. The ride I think goes on like 18 minutes or something. By the time I was done, I fully felt like I was on the ship, engulfed in this thing. I don't want to spoil it by telling y'all this happened. Sure, there's there's videos on YouTube you can go watch and probably see an entire you know ride along. There were moments that what I was expecting to be just some oh here's a screen with something on it to kind of just well that's crazy seeing all that. No, you literally take a step into that. It's not some screen that's just making you feel like these images are there, or these people are there. No, they're actually there. You're now there. You felt like you were in space, you know, taken aboard on this ship and you're walking on it, you're a prisoner now. I'll leave it at that. But 
it's crazy the things we live in. If you would have told me in 2000 anything that there was going to be a Star Wars land, I'd be like, okay, whatever. That's that's ridiculous. And it would probably have been like, that's probably really cheap. Probably not going to be great. Right. Because even Hollywood Studios has Star Tours, an old Star Wars ride from way back in the day. CP3, C-3PO drives you around on a ship. I rode it after riding the Millennium Falcon ride, and I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Now, don't get me wrong. There's history. There's nostalgia in that ride for it to be there for what it is. Like, there's still, you walk up and see the 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 venue for that, and you're still blown away. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop because I could just talk about Star Wars for a long time. Oh, now. yeah, definitely. But I left that part being like, I want to go home and watch all these Star Wars movies all over again. Uh, I know you, we and you talked yesterday about the new movie coming out, and I was like, you know what? I really want to rewatch the last one because I feel like I didn't get it as much as I want to because. Now I've been to Star Wars land. I've seen R2-D2. I've stood beside him. I've seen the X-Wing. I've seen everything. You sent me a picture of Mace Windu's lightsaber. Literally. <laughs> there's an, I'll put it this way. I went to a part of the park that I thought was just a, hey, come stand and get your picture taken with Chewbacca and Darth Vader. And I was Which like, is amazing in its own it right. <laughs> and I walked in, and all of a sudden they're like, well, hey, do you want to see this movie first? And I was like, okay, sure. And it's a 10-minute movie segment with different people that's working on Star Wars talking about the evolution from beginning to where you are now and what's about to come. Then you go into the next room and there's all this stuff from the movies that's in glass cases and all this, everything, like random little things to big things. Then I go wait in line to see Chewbacca. Now I've seen all these characters before, you know, you see people, you know, in masks and everything else. Well, while you're in line, there's this glass case with all these different lightsabers with a picture of whose lightsaber it is with a description of it all down this line. I go in to talk to Chewbacca Chewbacca meets me at the door. I'm six foot two. He's a solid couple more feet than I am. He looks at me and starts talking to me. Chewbacca's mouth opens and his mouth just, he's, his, the Chewbacca sounds you're used to are coming out of his mouth. It's not some thing playing in the distance. It's not some pre-recorded thing. It's, he's talking to me. No, I don't understand Wookiee, but I know he's talking to me. He looks at me and starts talking about my beard. And so me and Chewbacca talk about my beard. I think the guy even got a picture of us talking about it. Uh, I was blown away. Uh, same way with Darth Vader. My dad was in the front of the line for that one. Darth Vader appears out of this corner, looks at him, and goes, "Your time has come. Follow me." And like, here comes my dad on a scooter, following Darth Vader. But anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come in the 2020s. I'm excited for this new year coming ahead, or you know, that is here now. By the time you're listening to this, definitely. Uh, I will say we've got one time, you know, one call in or. And I've got some honorable mentions yeah. as well. I'll, I'll hit. You the, go ahead and do that. I'll hit the honorable up. mentions while you're uh, pulling that up. So honorable mentions for me uh, that did not make my list: uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hundred um, percent. In terms yeah, yeah, of yeah. just great television, um, I have not been more enthralled than I was watching those series. Um, the 2017 North Carolina Tar Heels basketball team won a national championship, and that was huge for me, mm-hmm. especially the year before when they lost it on a last minute shot. Uh, but that game actually, um, Marcus Page. Uh, hit a insane three-pointer to tie the game up with less than like 10 seconds to go. Um, and that shot, um, I just got my dog like a few days prior. Um, I named my dog Paige after mm-hmm. Marcus Paige. Um, podcast in general. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But especially binge mode, um, which I just got off this fantastic five-month ride of listening to Harry Potter um, a podcast through binge mode. I'm listening to uh, binge mode Star Wars now. Uh, escape rooms, like I mentioned earlier, I started mm-hmm. escape rooms at the end of 2015. I've been to so many, um, over 20 in the past five years. 
Uh, and, I, awesome. and I can't wait for me, you, and Ricky to do another one. Mm-hmm. Um, we did one in January last year, um, and we got our butts kicked. <laughs> but I'm um, looking forward to that as well. Um, and then just what we're doing now. This is a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wanted to do a podcast since 2012, 13. Ever, ever since I'd heard what podcasts were, the radio mm-hmm. shows, I've been told my whole life, hey, you got a great voice. You should do like radio. You should do like announcing sports broadcasting. Um, I had someone tell me two weeks ago, I was doing the announcements and a teacher who's only there like one or two days a week because they work with like, um, I think they were a speech teacher mm-hmm. or a psychologist or whatever, like, you should, you know, you should do like a, like, like play by player stuff. I mean, you have that mm-hmm. voice. I'm like, you know, I, this is my dream. Yeah. We're living my dream right now, recording here. And I mean, I, I never imagined it'd be Ricky's house, but um, I, mean, just, we, I never the, knew it, who the Ricky fact, was. The fact that me and you finally sat down after years of talking about it, um, we did our research, we figured out what we wanted to do, and then we just did it. Mm-hmm. And it started off shaky and it started off rough. Um, and we've gotten better with every episode, and now you can actually hear us. Mm-hmm. And um, like this is just something I enjoy doing. And uh, so the fact that we were able to do this uh, at the last part of the 2010s, um, I hope it bodes well for the 2020s for us. So, Most definitely. Um, what's our one uh, write-in? Chris Rode, yep. writing in. Of course. It was two personal ones for him, but he said the two favorite moments of the teens was marrying his wife and seeing his son born. I'm hoping to have a child in the 2020s. Yeah, me too. If we wait to the 2030s, I don't know how that's. I'll be 43 then. So I mean, yeah, I've got you know a 10 year clock at this point. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that's what we got for you today. Um, We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, If you haven't already, again, check us out on social media. We um, listed that at the beginning episode. What the what media on Facebook and Instagram and WTW underscore media on Twitter. Um, so subscribe to us, Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, all that great stuff. Um, we're excited for the twenty, uh, the new year, uh, 2020, and the rest of the decade to follow, and we hope mm-hmm. you're excited for us as we go along this journey of pop culture and fun facts and nerd and geek stuff and whatever it is we want to talk about. I have no idea what next week's episode is because we haven't sat down and written it out yet. We're going to figure it out. But um, if I had to guess, it'd probably be something to do with a pop culture movie from about 20 years ago. So, and that's fine. <laughs> so, and that, that's all good and not well. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, and we'll uh, catch you all next time. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And thank you for listening to the What the What podcast, What the Waters. <laughs> what the Waters. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's what, new we're, for 2020. We're, we're naming our fans the What the Waters. So thank you for joining us. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we'll see you next week. What the What. Bye. What the What. <laughs>